So, Eric, um, round two has happened at the NBA Finals. Uh, is it NBA Finals or NBA Playoffs? NBA Playoffs. And uh, we have yet to talk about it because we haven't uh, podcasted in uh, two weeks. Uh, I will blame you for that. I think you're my go-to blame guy, so I'm just going to give all the fault to you. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's either <laughs> it's either you or me, so it makes sense to put it off well, on we're gonna do We're going to do this yesterday. And uh, but uh, Rockets and Warriors played, and I completely understand that. Like you know, when you text me, like I don't know if I could, uh, if I want to record a podcast today because the Rockets and Warriors are playing. I completely understand. <laughs> so uh, we didn't podcast yesterday, but we podcasted today. Uh, we're a little later than schedule because I had the under to twelve and a half in the Raptors and Sixers game, and uh, that went over on the Jonathan Simmons jump shot, twenty four point eight seconds to go. So. Uh, we're a little late on that. I'm really happy that the Raptors won, but I'm um, disappointed that I didn't make money off that bet. So that's that. If Dallas wins, I make some good cash because I bought them on the series. I'm talking about hockey here. The sport you have no idea anything about. Oh, wait. Did um, uh, did the Blues win? Is the game over? No, they're still tied 1-1 right oh, now. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're from St. Louis. No, you were in St. Louis for a while, right? Uh, I uh, Yeah, I kind of... I ended up going to a couple different Blues games, so I kind of like backhandedly root for them, I, I, or offhandedly. I don't really care if they win or lose, but uh, most of my friends are Blues fans, so it's nice to see them mm. be happy. Yeah, I don't care about your friends right now. I just want my money, money. <laughs> so let's go Dallas. So um, let's just talk about um, the four uh, games so far in the second round. Raptors just played Philadelphia for Game Five. Raptors spanked them, so but we will go to Raptors after the Warriors and the Rockets. So let's start with the Warriors and Rockets. Um, game Four happened, and it was a close one. This series has been really interesting. People, I think, lately with the U.S. media, sports media, I think people have people have short-term memory. They're already calling off teams after one game, after two games, saying teams are done. You know, one blowout loss, this this team's done against this team. And, and they can't be more wrong. It's very reactionary. Uh, I don't really like it. But uh, Warriors were said to be off on an island after Game 2. But they just had it up in Game 4. And they've been playing very well. Uh, Warriors have been playing very well, too. But they just... Like, I mean, like Warriors in Game 3, Draymond has a triple-double. And they still managed to lose. Uh, game four, Curry and Durant both scored thirty or twenty-five each, I think, and they both lose. I mean, they lose that game as well. So the Rockets are really grinding this one out. So um, I don't know why we're we're so quick to call series off, but that's my little tangent there. Yeah. Well, I'm um, emphasizing the grinding it out part because every single game this series has been a true grind, uh, especially on the defensive end. Golden State being overly cautious or getting drawn into the uh, landing zone fouls on the threes or even the ticky-tack hand-checking fouls to keep Harden in line. Uh, it's just it's a series that we knew from last year is going to be super intense just because those teams have that history. Houston technically could have won last year uh, had Chris Ball not got hurt. Now it doesn't matter because Chris Ball is doing nothing. <laughs> the Rockets are still tied up in the series, but... It's been a weird series. I mean, Clay has had – he's been good defensively. He's had some pretty sh- 
terrible shooting games. Steph has had some pretty bad shooting games. Durant looked like the best player in the league for games one through three. Uh, but the Rockets, man, the Rockets find a way to hang in there. And this is this is I the reason I postponed it. I probably wouldn't have postponed it for any other game, uh, the podcast. But I really like watching the playoffs, Rockets Warriors series. It's just so interesting to me how it feels like a different game when you're watching them two play than it does if you're just watching like the Bucks Celtics or Raptors and the Sixers. It just it, because it's it's got more history to it. It's got more nuance to it. It's, it's two uh, elite teams. Yeah. It's, they are it's, both elite. It's not, they're both elite, but it's also they have such a specific way of playing that they have to completely adapt their styles to have that ebb and flow of the game not get taken over, basically. Right. They're both reliant, so reliant on uh, three-point pointers and analytics, but one team uses ball movement uh, as to get the best shot available. The other one has two playmakers and uh, goes down quickly and finds an open three and chucks it up. And they both look for the best shot. They look for the most value of the shot. Uh, Both are different in it, but they're both very effective in it. Um, You said Chris Paul has been pretty bad. Yeah, but Eric Gordon has pretty much picked up any slack Chris Paul has had. Eric Gordon even sometimes outplays Curry and uh, Thompson. So um, this series has been very interesting. Uh I thought Rockets would do well, but them not having Ariza, I thought the length of Durant would hurt them, but Tucker's been playing f- exceptionally well yeah, on him. Yeah, Tucker's been incredible. Uh, when I mean exceptionally well, I still Durant still gets his stuff, but Tucker plays hard, and he gets those rebounds that they need to get him. They need to get. He does like little dream on things at a small forward position. I love P.J. Tucker. He's he's finally getting the respect he deserves. Eric Gordon, every time he's open, he's just sitting a three-pointer, and he's nailing with half of them. Harden, Harden's injured, obviously, with his eye, and he's playing like a champ. And on the, on the Rocket, on the Warriors, you have Durant is really doing a great job. Um, Clay Thompson, when bad shooting for guys who guard the best player, I kind of have an exception for that. Uh, maybe except for one player. Um, we'll talk about him after. But, like, Thompson's going to have a bad shooting night because he guards Harden. And I finally understood, like, I finally witnessed it with my eyes when... Uh, Ray Allen was guarding Kobe Bryant in those finals. The Lakers won. And Ray Allen had some really bad shooting nights. And I realized how much you know, exhaustion he takes just guarding one of the best scorers in the league. And ever since then, I, I've realized people who guard elite wingers are going to have bad games So offensively. So I, I give composition to, uh, uh, to, to Thompson there. Curry... Curry's had some weird games. Like, Game 4, Warriors could have easily brought that to overtime. They had two wide-open looks in the end. Durant at the top of the um, at the top of the, uh, the top of the arc. Wide open. Misses it. Curry gets the... Uh, uh, Iguodala taps the rebound to Durant. Durant passes it to Curry. Curry leans in, open for three-pointer. Misses them. Uh, usually, these are bad shots, but these are two great guys who could shoot from anywhere on the on the court. So, any open look is a good look for them. Mm-hmm. And they just weren't able to hit it. And uh, that's the, the the series is tied. Rockets played well in game one too against uh, the Warriors. Uh, they did go a little crazy towards the refs not calling calls. And yeah, sure, Warriors got the benefit of the doubt. I mean, Rockets got tons of benefits from refs. So let's not like comp- let's not blame the refs. You know, like I do enjoy every home team pretty much saying ref, you chanting ref, you suck. Uh, but 
Rockets need to be a lot uh, more composed, and they were a lot more composed in Game Three and Four. Uh, game Five, I think Rockets. Well, I think we'll go to Game Seven and Warriors. Uh, it pretty much be a home series, in my opinion. But Rockets, I, I, it's not it's not unfeasible to see Rockets win the series. Like I won't be shocked. Uh, do you want to add anything? I just went on a little tangent. No, there, yeah, I mean, yeah, highly emphasize PJ Tucker balling out. He's because you can't stop Durant. You can only occasionally hope to slow him down, and Tucker's done a phenomenal job in that. Uh, and he's hit some good, some big shots too. Not even just like spot yeah. up threes, but he's had some nice, uh, nice plays in the key in the post as well. Uh, so big ups to PJ Tucker. Yeah, it's just I, I think it's it's gonna go to six or seven. I mean, every single game has been close. It's not like either team has been out of either of the losses they've had. Um, it seems like. It seems like we are at like the Rockets ninety five percent to a hundred percent level, and the more like ninety eighty five to ninety percent for the Warriors. Like, mm-hmm. so there's less room for error for the Rockets for sure. But yeah, they can they can definitely get that to seven. Hell, they can they can win it. I mean, they've won twice, almost yeah. won in uh, Golden State. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a fun series. It's. It's it's been it's been indicative of the Warriors season this year, just being up and down, not being able to close out games like they've had in the past. So uh, I like it. I hope they miss the miss the finals and have some uh, fresh meat, some fresh meat and some new blood in there. Some fresh fresh chicken, some some fresh beef. Uh, you and I had this argument two three podcasts ago, right? Where I, th- I said no one has a chance to face the Warriors. <laughs> And you're like, yeah, Denver and Rockets have a pretty good chance. Uh, with Cousins' injury and the way the Clippers played against them in round one, um, I'm going to eat my words and say that I was wrong. <laughs> so uh, I even think Denver could give Golden State a pretty good shot right now. The way Jokic and Murray are playing, Murray's playing hurt and he's just being a tank. Um, so, let's just transition to that other series right now. Okay. Uh, this, you want to add anything else to the thing? Oh, yeah, really quickly. I was thinking about this today. What do you think these games would look like if Cousins wasn't hurt? Like, how much do you think he would add to the offense or how they'd have to change it to, like, work him in? Like, what what do you think that would look like for the rest of the, I, the outcome of these I, games? I think Capella has an advantage, and I think he knows that, and he's been showing showing it um, on the on the rebounds and playing very well defensively in the, in the, in the paint. Uh, I think he wouldn't be really uh, useful. Uh, if Cousin was there, because Cousin would be out at, at the arc, shooting a three-pointer, so Capella would be kind of neutralized. Like, Rockets have don't have the wing depth, right? Like, the wing wing height. Like, they have some defensive depth with Shumpert and Tucker and and House. Like, I mean, House is not that great of a defense defender, but they have a little bit of length there, but they're short there. When Capella, able to roam around in the middle, has helped them defensively, especially to help out when, on those drives that Durant or any of the Durant or, or Draymond Green try to do. So I think Warriors would have stolen a game on the road if Cousins was there because it pretty much would allow, would make Capella play around the perimeter instead of playing around the key, around the net. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Warriors would be able to steal one more game on the road than they have. Uh, but who knows? Like I'm really buying into the Warriors beating them because the the Warriors are using the same advantage they had last 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 year, and Capella is a big part of that advantage. You know, uh, they have no center that can match up to him. Like as good as Looney has been, he's not as good as Capella, right? Capella's 
He's like, uh, what do you call those like yo-yo sticks that you used to jump onto when you're when you used to be younger? Pogo stick. Pogo stick. He's like pretty much a pogo stick, right? So <laughs> he blocks. He gets the ball. Dunks it. That's all he needs to do. Uh, so I, I I really am. I'm really thankful like that we're getting a good series. I'm not happy for Cousins for being injured, but I'm not really worried about what Cousins could do in the series or what he couldn't do. He's not there, right? So. That's that. If he comes back, he's not going to be able to rotate on defensively. He'll be a liability. Oh, yeah. So Cousins should just rest it, you know. <laughs> he's kind of worried. Like, I want to go join this team to win a title. And now uh, <laughs> they're in a, they, they a dogfight in the series in, in, in round one, and now they're in a dogfight series in round two where they could potentially lose. Like, I think Lou Williams was able to dissect them, uh, allowed Rockets to believe that they have a good shot against the Warriors because the Warriors do laps a lot defensively. I mean, Gordon's open a lot, actually, and Gordon's just nailing them down. Yeah, they're at... I mean, it seems like the Warriors, for the most part, are trying to take away James Harden's uh, driving lanes and saying, okay, if either he's going to have to hit a floater, hit a step-back three, or somebody else on the wing is going to have to make a shot, which I think that's the way you want to beat the Rockets just because they've got quite a bit of inconsistency in their shooting, especially when you've got guys like Austin Rivers and... Uh, Iman Austin Rivers has been shooting. I know fifty percent. He's shooting great, but <laughs> he misses open jump, open threes, and but he like and then he makes contested threes. Yeah, like Rivers is a great ad. Like he he plays well defensively. He gives some uh, break towards Harden and and Paul when he guards Curry or Taya Thompson as, to the best of his capabilities. Uh, I think it was a great ad, especially when you lose Ariza. Like I think Ariza was. Uh, Riza was one of the biggest pieces in the Rockets, and I really did not give Rockets that much hope uh, to win this series with him gone. But they've they've added Shumpert and they've added Rivers, and somehow that's able to negate some of Ariza's length. Ariza, like, I really underestimated Ariza, <laughs> and I'm really starting to appreciate him now. Like what he did with the Wizards too. The Wizards have been trash, but he's been he's been playing well for a, a crappy organization like the Wizards. You want to add anything else? No, that's all I got for that. Okay, series. let's talk about um, Chris Broussard says the Canadians are soft. Uh, yet Jamal Murray has like a tear in his leg. <laughs> I don't know what around his groin or any. I don't know where exactly his injury is, but he's goddamn injured and he's playing his guts out. He he allowed Denver to come back into the series and win Game Four. Uh, him and Jokic have been a delight to watch together. Um, Barton has been playing in key moments, doing key stuff. He's helpful. Gary Harris is a good defender. This this Nuggets team is fun to watch as well. And these Portland Trailblazers hurt, man. Their center, Nurkic is gone. Cantor's a bump shoulder, and he's playing like a beast out there. Like, Portland is very nice, too. Like, I really like Harkless. I like what he does. I like when Rodney Hood comes in because instant offense. You have Dame and CJ who are... One of the best back backcourts in the NBA, the second best backcourt in the NBA, in my opinion. And I would still say that uh, even if Raptors had DeRozan and Kyle Lowry last year, I think that the the Portland backcourt is amazing. Uh, and you got a couple of good pieces. You got you got people playing with heart, and both teams are playing with heart. Both teams are playing with a great. We had a four overtime game in Game Three, that was which brutal. was a blast to watch. I've never stayed up that late in my entire life, and I watched every minute of it. I thought we were legitimately going to see somebody die <laughs> on that court. <laughs> Everybody was, was just pull his exhausted. Second. Oh my god! 
man. You know, so it's a month of Ramadan, right? So Cantor is fasting. So if they go through another fourth uh, overtime, uh, I don't think Cantor's going to survive, dude. Yeah. I think he's going to have to go. He's like, I got to go pray and start my fast again. <laughs> yeah, I saw an ESPN or somewhere else that uh, he had texted Akeem Olajuwon for some tips on how to successfully manage his playing while fasting for Ramadan. If you're going to ask anybody, you should ask Akeem Olajuwon. Yeah. <laughs> Akeem Abdul-Jabbar, those two guys are one of the best big men in the game. I, I, I like Cantor, man. I, I was upset that people were telling him to go home to Turkey, like people in Denver. I'm like, if he goes back to Turkey, he's going to die. So that's pretty much telling him to go die. And if you don't know that, then you should like, you know, watch some news and see that Erdogan really hates him and really wants to kill him and arrest him. Uh, there's a reason why he doesn't go to uh, anywhere outside the United States. So Denver fans you need to be a little classier, you know. I know he made some bad screens on uh, Tory Craig. Is it Tory Craig? Yeah. Um, yeah. S- to stop being jackasses. <laughs> this, uh, I feel like this is a series that's getting uh, kind of swept under the rug a little bit just because it falls behind the other Western Conference series. And just in general, I mean, the Blazers, for the most part, uh, I mean, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard are both humble stars. They don't really... Uh, strike up a nerve too much in the media where in the West you've got teams like Golden State with all their all-stars and their success, James Harden and the Rockets, Russell Westbrook and Paul George and the Thunder. Uh, so they, they kind of fall by the wayside and you kind of forget that they're both really good and fun to watch. Um, but yeah, this is the same has been thing f- can be said about Denver. Yeah, exactly. I'm so, like Jokic, like Jokic's fun, fondest mon- memory is like him breaking the microphone. <laughs> But yeah, sorry. Continue. Yeah, so it's it's. I feel like it's not getting as much respect as it should be, especially with that four overtime thriller. But uh, yeah, this will be a fun one to keep your eye on. And I I hope I hope Denver wins. I just I just don't think the Blazers are built to contend with either the Rockets or the Warriors unless they just have like lights out shooting games from McCollum and Damian Lillard. Uh, so I hope the Nuggets win just because I want to see what they're what they'd be able to do against a, a truly elite team. Cause I think a lot of people are still, still not buying into the nuggets. They think they kind of fell into the second seed and didn't fully deserve it, but uh, had a good series one win. And I hope they win this one so they can kind of show their merit and test their grit and see, see where they really, really stand in the thick of things. Well, Chuck said Portland's going to the finals. Yeah, Chuck. I love Chuck. <laughs> I love Chuck, man. I love TNT. It was uh, uh, greatest, Port- greatest. it was Portland and uh, in the East. He said the Bucks. I think right. Yeah, he just jinxed both of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I think this is why I don't like certain media. But people are disregarding the Nuggets, saying, "Oh, Nuggets haven't done anything in the playoffs." Uh, I felt that way prior to the playoffs. So my 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 critique was that this team has underperformed in crucial matches. You know, two years ago, they needed to beat OKC to make the playoffs. They lost to Portland before, and uh, uh, Russell Westbrook hits that big three, dagger three, and Nuggets are out. Two years ago, last year, they lost to uh, Timberwolves pretty much in a play-in game. So I didn't give uh, Denver that much credit. And there's somebody else I didn't give much credit, and we'll talk about him after uh, in the playoffs. But right now, I'm kind of completely sold. Like, this gut performance they've done against um, San Antonio... Uh, a gritty veteran team with one of the, the best coach in the NBA, and they beat them in seven. That's no easy task. Trust me, no easy task. Like 
what say what you want about San Antonio. They still have LaMarcus Aldridge, and Aldridge is a beast. And White is uh, a gem, a pure gem. San Antonio's done it again. And Rudy Gay is a good player, and DeMar DeRozan is good. He still has his playoff problems, but he's still a great player. It feels weird saying that right now about DeMar DeRozan since I've been dealing with him for my entire career, and I still love him, but... Uh, yeah, San Antonio is a great team, and uh, Denver outlasted them, and they are playing Portland to a T. And Portland isn't the same old Portland last year. They're actually a better team, too, that has gone through a lot. So if Denver comes out against Portland, they deserve... They deserve... Oh, St. Louis just lost. Ooh, rep. Sorry. Sorry, St. Louis fans. No, 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 no. Never mind, never mind, never mind. They showed a goal, and the, and the crowd was like... The, the people in the crowd were, like, crying. They, they just started face off in overtime. What the hell? <laughs> what are you doing to me, CBC? Uh, yeah, so Denver, I, 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 I love Denver. I, I give them full credit for everything they've achieved so far. So uh, it would be fun to watch them play the Rockets or the Warriors, an elite team, and see how well they do there. They might not do well right now, but they're building a future. Oh, yeah. They're for building sure. a, well, a good future. Like, a, a, like, this run is very crucial to this franchise, and they've succeeded in every mark. Oh yeah, so completely agree. You know, but they might, they could have had uh, Mitchell, <laughs> their team, <laughs> but they wrecked that. They could have had Nurkic too, but you know Nurkic had to go, right? So uh, they could have had a better team actually, if you think about it. Oh well, they did flee Chicago that time when they traded Doug McDermott for Gary Harris <laughs> and Yusuf Nurkic. Yep. Oh wow, what a fleece! So yeah, uh, Denver's. I'm really hoping Portland wins that series because I got money on Portland too, and my playoff bets have not been good. So if anything, I've probably I probably cursed Portland. Um, that being said, I love Damian Lillard. He's one of my favorite basketball players in the NBA. So I hope nothing but the best. But Jokic is one of my favorite too in the NBA, and uh, Jamal Murray is the best Canadian basketball player in the NBA right now. RJ Barrett might have something to say about it right now next year, but Jamal Murray hands down. Wiggins afterthought. <laughs> <laughs> Good Wiggins. Uh, we'll get Mo back on to bash on Wiggins again. <laughs> oh, those are my favorite. I, well, I mean, there isn't. Uh, I don't think you'll find really any staunch defenders of him anymore. So you can really bring anybody on for that. <laughs> Jimmy Butler's pretty much outed him to the public, even even worse. Yes, for um, sure. Okay, let's talk about Jimmy Butler. How good has he been, and how bad has Simmons been? It's, so uh, let's talk about the positive yeah. for Philadelphia. They got smoked by 30 points in Game 5. Uh, the Toronto fans got their revenge against Embiid. Embiid, oh my god, there's too many storylines for, for Philadelphia. So where do you want to start, man? Because like, I'm going to go on a little rant here soon. So you tell me where you want to start with Philadelphia. I'll just give my quick thoughts and I'll let you speak. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was a drubbing. That was just hard to watch. Uh, but Well, it was hard to watch, but it was also fun to watch because... I think I've made it pretty clear that Kawhi is my favorite player in the league. And just watching him absolutely go insane on both the defensive and offensive. And this not only this series, but this entire playoff stretch uh, has just been fantastic. He Because uh, he, he goes through points where he just looks unstoppable. And uh, I, feel, I feel like he's the closest like full package we've seen to uh, Jordan since Jordan retired. Especially. I would say Dwayne Wade was like Dwayne Wade at one time was the closest to Jordan, and I, now it's Kawhi. Yeah, because I think Kawhi is better. Kobe on both too. Ends Kobe's than close. Dwayne Wade was. I think Kobe's like the closest to Jordan, right? Well, but Jordan didn't have that two-way ability. 
And I guess he kind of could if he wanted to, but he's not. He's not the kind Are of you guy. Saying Jordan bust is not a head. defensive player. I'm because sa- Jordan is known for his defense. No, Kobe. That's what I'm saying. Kobe is. Oh, Kobe. Kobe is known for his. De- yeah, Kobe. Kobe. Kobe wouldn't guard the best player on the court. Yeah. You're right. Okay. But uh, but I don't want Kobe fans to come after me. Just... <laughs> but yeah, so it's 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 been fun. I mean, I like I like this series because I enjoy watching both teams. Um, and I think we talked. This is the one we talked about. We didn't predict a blowout on either end. Uh, so seeing this one, that this is the as big a loss there's been in the second round. So kudos to your Raptors, and I'll let you go ahead and uh, get after it. Okay, one I did enjoy this series. Okay, I did enjoy this game. Two, there has been three blowouts in this series. Game one, the Raptors. Game three, the Sixers. And game five, the Raptors. So it's been uh, two contested games. Uh, and uh, Philadelphia won one of them and Raptors won one of them. Um, I do agree with you. Kawhi Leonard's the, the closest thing to Jordan because his mid-range game, mid-range game is unbelievably great. And this game, in game five, he didn't need to be the best player. Like, Raptors actually showed up again since game one. Five of the starters, all the starters had double digits. The bench got a little couple points here. James Ennis is no longer dominating the bench scoring. I freaking was calling him LeBron James Ennis because he just kept hitting everything. So um, I'm gonna go. Um, we'll talk about Phil- I'm gonna talk about Philadelphia right now, and then we'll talk about the Raptors after. Um, one Embiid, uh, sick again. He's been constantly sick in this series. I don't know if I can believe that he's really sick or he's not. Um, it seems like every time he's a bad game, he has an illness or, or a somewhat of an illness, um, and that would have been not a big factor, or no would, nor would anybody really care. But uh, the one big game you have in Game Three, you're taunting on every basket you made, which is kind of like hilarious yet ridiculous because you don't really deserve to do that because it's only Game Three and you're giving fuel to another your opposition. So I don't know what Embiid has been doing what he's been thinking. He's still very efficient defensively. He's always has a plus net rating. He's doing well there. But offensively, he's just pretty much just lethargic. And he's had one good game, and he's been taunting about it. Um, good for him. But now that's kind of backfiring on him, and it's making him look bad. And Brett Brown is kind of going out and saying that he's sick when he shouldn't share that information. Either lighting a fire on Embiid, but it's not working because Embiid's injured sick again in Game 5. That's what he said. He's had a cold. Brett Brown came out before saying he might not play. So I don't know what to make with Embiid. Um, maybe not taunt and pretend like he <laughs> won a series in Game 3. Uh, and win the other ones. Like he, Say what you want, but Embiid's basket in Game 2 gave him that win, right? Like that... He made a twirl and he went to the basket, and laid it up. Game three, he was dominant. Game one, he was irrelevant. Game four, he was really bad. And game five, like this game, he got dunked on by Kawhi Leonard too. So like he's not really playing well. Uh, Raptors have made adjustments to the defensive schemes where they would put Embiid on Siakam and switch around and sometimes put Harris on them. So Brett Brown played his cards. Uh, Raptors know what they are. I think for Philadelphia, Game 4 was the most important game for them that series. And the fact that they lost it is pretty much troubling for them. Uh, I think Raptors will go in Game 6 and beat them. Uh, I think it's a done series. Uh, Butler is the only person consistently playing well. And um, that's a positive yet a negative because I think you and I have talked about it before in our previous podcasts. We don't know how this team would mesh together and how... Jimmy Butler and Simmons would be good or not together. And Simmons has been so irrelevant 
in this series. Butler's getting all the praise, he's doing all the work, but it pretty much like isolates Simmons. And that's not on Butler per se, because Simmons needs to man up. But Simmons playing poor, man. I've never seen a guy who's been projected to be this good getting outplayed. He's getting outplayed by a guy who's drafted in the same draft class who's drafted 27th. He's drafted number one. Well, I mean, I, that's I that's I, I, I can understand why you're saying that, but that's not necessarily the best uh, the best way to uh, phrase it or parse it. But, yeah, he is. You're not wrong. But uh, How would you phrase it any other way? He, he's only scoring seven. He's scoring ten points. Seven assists and four rebounds. Well, I'm just I'm the way I'm. Or maybe I got the rebounds and assists incorrectly, but he scored seven points, got seven rebounds and four assists. He's pretty much useless offensively. He's guarding Kawhi Leonard to his best capabilities, but Kawhi is dropping thirty on him consistently, except for today. Uh, what what like Simmons is pretty much a non-factor, and I couldn't I can't believe I'm saying that. I thought when this series happened, I thought Simmons would. Simmons, like, I'm like, we have to focus on Simmons because those fast break points are going to come down and he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna, he could potentially really wreck us in this in this area. And he's been so irrelevant. Yeah, he had that one good game. I think it was either game two or three uh, where he, I think he had like 15 points and like eight rebounds. But yeah, he's been, he's been bad. And it's, it's, it's kind of what we saw last year. You saw the, the one point performance from him. And that just kind of comes with the territory of being, uh, an oversized point guard who can't shoot, especially when you've got a bunch an eight of... Foot... He can't hit an 8-foot jump shot consistently. How are you an elite player and you can't hit an 8-foot jump shot consistently? And it, and it, and it, but it totally makes sense that a player like that uh, would be prone to disappearing, especially when you're surrounding yourself with a bunch of wings who are really good at scoring or who are ball dominant or a center who likes to take threes and not hit a lot of them, so... <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Takes a lot of threes, but he never hits them. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, like even Harris. Like Harris actually would be a nice mesh if it was just there's no Butler and Harris is there. Maybe Simmons would be a better player. Mm. But like you're relying too much on Simmons. You're relying too much on LeBron James Ennis, who's cooled down in Game Five. Thank God. Michael Scott, man, I thought that was another guy who's gonna just like nail the Raptors. He's done nothing, uh, but he is injured. Uh, Pretty much the whole Philadelphia team is injured, I guess. Uh, but I'm very thankful for that because Michael Scott scares me when he plays the Raptors. Legit scares me. Uh, so we dodge a bullet there. I mean, Simmons has been bad. Embiid has been bad. Butler's carrying this team. Tobias Harris is doing his thing, but he's not like... I don't know what to expect from him. That's a problem with this team. It's so de- it has so much depth in the first... The starting five, I don't know what to expect from him. Redick is finally getting exposed defensively. He've, he's also had only one good game, and he's been taunting a little bit here and there too. But, like, Redick has been not that not that good. <laughs> you know, I don't... Philadelphia, I, I feel like Philadelphia really ruined the chances they didn't, when they didn't win game four. Like, I was pretty still confident that Raptors could win game five, even if they lost game four. And then Raptors would have to pray for a game six victory. But like, I never really felt that Raptors are completely out of the series. Mm-hmm. I feel Philadelphia's out of the series. I could be wrong. Like, I've been wrong countless times. And I'll eat my words again. But I think Philly's done. Okay. I like I it. Think, I like it. I like, like going bold. I like it. Kawhi, Kawhi's going to come up big, big on the road again. Siakam looks like he's healthy again. Gasol's being a little bit more aggressive. That game three loss to the Raptors was a big big, big wake-up call, you know? If you're going to get spanked by Philadelphia right now and you might claw your way out, you're going to get spanked by Milwaukee, <laughs> all right? 
Uh, so you have to really show up. Like if you're Lowry and you're Gasol, you can't just score four points and think that's okay. Like Lowry stepped up too. Oh yeah. I still think he should be playing better. <laughs> but, but like that game three, man, those beams. Even I had to share them. The little kid, the little kid in the, in the basketball game, he's just standing there in the middle doing nothing. <laughs> they put Lowry's face on it. That's amazing. That was like the best meme of the playoffs. Or like you know that you know that that uh, the black guy who's like chubby, but he's like a sports basketball player, but he's like he's dresses up like he's playing basketball, mm-hmm. and he takes jump shots and he keeps like tanking them. Like this is Lowry. <laughs> like they're like Russell played bad. He's like Lowry, hold hold my drink. <laughs> Lowry's just chucking up nonsense. Um, this playoffs has had a couple of really bad players. Oh yeah. You want to talk about Gordon Hayward? Because uh, like I don't want to talk about more about Raptors. Like Kawhi's play like a god. God sent. Uh, he, if if Raptors make it to the finals, even if they lose, he will be playoff MVP mm-hmm. along with Durant and Jokic has been great too, uh, and and Giannis and Harden. Those are top five players in the, in the playoffs. Uh, Siakam needs to show up consistently. But, you know he's had a couple bad games. He got a little rattled in game three, but he's back now. And Lowry and Gasol are doing their little thing. Danny's guarding Butler to the best capabilities. He's doing a pretty pretty good job at it too. Like you know, he's very feisty. So if he misses open three point shots, the Raptor fans need to like calm down, take a breath. You're guarding one of the toughest people to guard. Even though Kawhi Leonard makes him makes Butler look like a little man. Do you see that one in game uh, four where he just took the ball away from Butler? I did. Yeah. Like that. Was like this guy's like a grown man, <laughs> but Butler's a grown man as well. Uh, that's all I gotta say about the Raptors. Do you have anything else to say about the Raptors? No, I think he covered it. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see that. I, I, it's still been a fun series for me. If, if yeah, uh, I don't, I don't think I feel as strongly about uh, Philadelphia's lack of a chance <laughs> in Game Six <laughs> and Seven, but uh, we'll see. I don't know. It's that this is a this is a drubbing that I didn't see coming. So. Let's go. Let's let's. Philly let's Philly will be hyped up for Game Six in the beginning. The fans will be there, right? Like Philly fans are amazing. They could be jackasses, but they're amazing. Uh, just will Philly be able to do that for a whole forty-eight minutes? I don't think so. Uh, again, I think I think I hope for their sake they show up, right? Like <laughs> they've they've had their fun in games two and three, and sometimes you, you, that that's all you have, right? So. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Let's see about the Celtics because Gordon Hayward's so doo doo. So he uh, had one good game, and uh, yeah. Do I? Uh, do you, I? You could go on a rant, man. If you want to go on a rant about the Celtics, go ahead. I'll just stay quiet. I don't know if I want to go on a rant, but I just want to ask you a question, and it's about the Bucks. And is it? Uh, my question is permission to say I told you so. Oh yeah, definitely, hundred percent, man. Giannis is a tank. It's it's just Giannis I've, is so good. I don't know. I don't know why I got it in my head this whole season. Before the season started, I thought the Bucks would be good. During the season, I thought the Bucks were good. But the playoffs started, I thought the Bucks were good. And the Bucks are goddamn good. <laughs> it's everything. I mean, Giannis is Giannis is a monster. He's unguardable. But uh, the way they built that team around him, they've just been playing out of their mind. You've got Brooke Lopez converted, now shooting threes at a decent clip. You've got Pat Connaughton. Where the hell did he come from? Like he started. The, I I I didn't watch enough Bucks where I was familiar with him, but he absolutely put. He was like probably better than the second best player on the Pistons in that Bucks Pistons series, and he's played yeah. a lot of valuable role minutes. He's just a hustler. He's like uh, 
It's like a better offensive Matthew Dellavedova from yeah. his like Cavalier days. I, I really like I really like Connington in in Portland. Like he was a really good bench player when CJ came off. Um, so I was really excited that Bucks got him. I thought he was a really valuable ad. But continue. Yeah, and uh, I was. I mean, this is a this is a kind of scary matchup for the Bucks if you think the Celtics can slow down Giannis, which they have at least better than the Pistons did. But man, those Celtics role players are doing diddly. Holy cow. It's been, I mean, Jason Tatum's played bad. Jalen Brown's played bad. Goldwyn Hayward's played, what's, 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 what's a good word to describe it? Terrible. Beyond um, crap. Just nobody, and Kyrie's playing like garbage too. It the whole, it's everybody. Nobody wants to like step up. And it's, this is not what you expect from the Celtics team that we've come to appreciate over the last couple of years. So this is, this was surprising. I didn't, I mean, I I wanted the Bucks to win, and I thought they would probably win in six or seven. But they're looking. I mean, at the after Game Four, they were the only team in the entire playoffs who had a three-one lead. Everybody else was split at two. Mm-hmm. And I uh, would not have predicted that. So, good job, Bucks and Celtics. Who are you? <laughs> and what <laughs> what what happened? So can I can I say if there's a little theory? Have a little right. theory. Let's go for it. Um, U.S. media ex basketball players need to stop saying that series are over. As soon as he's claimed that some guy has a series one, you somehow jinx it. <laughs> Paul Pierce jumped on that Celtics bandwagon so quick and has gone so poorly. Celtics have throughout the season underperformed. Mm-hmm. Throughout the season, have had drama in their locker room. They're leading player their leader on the team is a dramatic person who you and i have talked about goes to the media unnecessarily to say dumb remarks and it was not going to go in the playoffs yes we were all clouded after game one horford oh my god his defense on Giannis. oh my god they got length with with brown and tatum tatum is tall he's long he could, he could guard Giannis too, like you know, they could double team him. You know, Bucks don't have Brogdon right now. Bucks don't have Brogdon right now, and they're still wrecking people. Okay. We all thought after Game One that this is going to be a tight series. I didn't think Bucks were done after Game One. I thought if Bucks win Game Two, this is a series again because Bucks all Bucks didn't have to do was go win Game Three or Four on the road, which they can clearly do, which they clearly have. They've done won both games on the road. And it's back to being a series. A lot of people uh, are, again, short-minded in their analysis and in their thought process. And they take it game by game. And they think, instead of taking game by game by game, I mean, they take one game and equivalent it to an entire series. Um, Giannis and Budenholzer. Like, I told you, it's a fir- I said I wouldn't be surprised if Giannis does well. Because for the first time in his career, he has a coach who's smart and capable. Like, Budenholzer is a great coach. And they have a good team around him for the first time. Middleton has been low-key nice. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not been outstanding, but he's just been good. Bledsoe has been really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ilya Sova playing center, he just clears up the floor just like uh, Lopez does. Sorry, I made some weird noise there. Um, Connington's been great. They don't have Brogdon right now, so when Brogdon comes back, it's another wing who can guard the uh, the number two position. to guard other guards. So, I mean, this team has been fantastic. You can't complain about anything. Lopez has been aggressive. 
Listen, he's not just only standing there in the three-point line. Like, in game three, like, he drove and dunked the ball a couple times. So, really, Milwaukee's been outstanding. I like Sterling Brown. He's a great, he's a good defender, too. He's done a good job in the starting lineup. Anderson is really weird. Like, he kind of looks like the kind of guy who just started playing basketball, picked it up randomly. You know what I mean? Like, I never understood how this guy's in the NBA because he just looks like he's just like, ah, oh, I went uh, surfing, and then I got out of surfing, and I'm play some basketball. <laughs> But he's good too. So the like, Bucks are a good organization, and I think they can make it to the finals. Um, I'm really hoping Raptors can match up well against them. But all my friends are like, "Oh, Celtics Raptors will be easy for the Raptors to beat the Celtics in the semis." Look, let's just calm down here a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it's just game one. Let's just take a break. I'm like, you think Horford's gonna shut him down for seven games or like in four games straight? Come on, please. But I'm just happy, man, because Paul Pierce talks a lot of smack for no reason, and he says a lot of stuff. I don't understand why he's on ESPN sometimes. He just says cuckoo stuff. T-Mac, too. T-Mac says some weird stuff, too. You know what I mean? Like, ESPN, they should just try so hard to be themselves and not TNT. Um, that's my little rant about ESPN and basketball. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, Milwaukee's good, and I should I should have jumped on them when you did. But I was naive. I thought the Pacers were better than them, and Pacers uh, were not better than them, even if they had Oladipo. And um, I didn't give them the respect they deserve. And I apologize for that. No, you don't need to apologize. Just bask in the glory that is the Milwaukee Bucks. And just watch Giannis <laughs> take two steps from half court. and Giannis is like the body of Shaq, but the length of Pippen. Like, geez, he's unstoppable. Yeah, <laughs> he it's, literally... It's... You just watch the things he does, and you don't understand how he can, like, maneuver his body in the ways that he does with how strong he is. It's just such a weird combination of athletic traits. How did 14's team pass on him? Right? Like, I really hope... Man, I really wish Raptors had that draft pick, because I... When Woj said that Masai was really high on, on Giannis, and he tried really hard to get Giannis in that draft, one, I wanted to punch Klanjo in the face for dealing that pick to Rockets for Kyle freaking Lowry. And then two, I really was mad that Adams was available because we could have gotten that pick to get Giannis. Oh. And Raptors would have developed him too, you know, because they were patient. They, they had nowhere to go. I hate Brian Collins on his stupid big <laughs> collars. Oh, Brian. Well, yeah, I'm so happy I... he's done with the NBA. No one's never taken back. No, yeah, you can't come back from that. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Bozo. Uh, yeah, that, that sums up my thoughts, I think, on the NBA. Uh, every series is still active, so uh, we've got, got some work left to do for every team, and it's uh, shaping up to be a good Western and Eastern Conference Finals anyway. So let's, uh, let's hope yeah. for the, some good closeouts and uh, some good matchups. Yeah, Portland's uh, – D- uh, Denver's up by eight right now, so – uh, I mean, eight, eight points is not a lot actually. <laughs> when it comes down to Portland, they just come down and check some threes and they hit them. But uh, I do agree with you on one tick that Kawhi Leonard is my favorite player too. Dame is number two. Um, so I do hope that somehow they can meet each other in the finals. That'd be great. But I, I think, I think the winner of Rockets or Warriors will go to the finals. Uh, maybe actually I don't know. Maybe Nuggets are pretty good too. Uh. Let's just see what happens, right? Like, I don't want to be... I don't want to be those guys I don't like, you know what I mean? Sure. Sure. <laughs> Yo, can I ask you a question before I, before we, like, end this end this segment? 
how does Colin Coward have a job? Like, how is he so popular? <laughs> like, I understand he has hot takes, and he's like, he's smart when it comes to, like intellectually. Like the way he phrases certain situations, he comes off as a bright person. He's not a bad host. Like he's semi entertaining, but his takes are so blah, and they're so like ad hom. There's so many ad hominems. There's so many fallacies with them. It just makes no sense. Yeah, it's just this. He's got this. Uh... This sense of confidence about him where people, I mean, so either you're, when you're watching Colin Coward, you're in one of two camps. You're in the unlikely camp that he is preaching to the choir and you love what he's saying. So you're just like, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> I can get behind this. Or you're the, the majority who's like, okay, this guy's a dipshit. <laughs> Why is he doing this? So it works out both ways. You get some people who absolutely love you and they're like, oh yeah, let's keep going with this hot take. Or you get the people mad enough to just uh, go tweet at you. But either way, it's uh, that's a kind of a good market strategy to get people engaged with you. So he's yeah. uh, it, it takes a, it takes a special personality to be able to f- hit that fine line of not being such an arrogant douche that you're unwatchable, but being arrogant enough of a douche to get people to want to still engage with you. Uh, uh dude. To me, he's a former. You think so? Oh, he's just so annoying. Like, I don't take anything he says seriously. Oh, no, yeah. I think that's, for the most part, that's how most people feel. Last year, last year he said that Ben Simmons is better than him. Better than Westbrook. And he wouldn't put Westbrook in his top ten. I'm like, okay, this guy's just, like, he hates certain players, and he's trying to make it his job to, like, show how much he hates them. And it's fun when some of the players call him out for it. But let's not take him serious. I think the crowning jewel moment was when he was comparing all the Kentucky players that are playing right now to like all the greats for other colleges, and he's like using players who feel like retired and have had great careers. I'm like, you're not gonna compare Anthony Davis to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's career. Come on, like, <laughs> let's just be serious here. Like, what is this? I'm like, this is half-ass work. <laughs> using it as like legitimate, like, legitimate argument, and I don't know who that girl is beside him, like. I don't know who she is. I don't understand his like layout, like how he's so much higher than everybody else. Just shows he has like authority over people. But like whenever he has guests on who like contrad like debate him, he doesn't come off looking smart no. out of any of it. And the only reason why I know anything about him is because I watch Sports Nation and I, lo- I like Michelle Beatles. She made him tolerable. She actually made him look not as bad as he is on his own. But, like, Fox Sports has done this great job of just getting uh, doo-doo people that ESPN doesn't want anymore. Like, ESPN has lost nothing. They got rid of Skate Bayless, and they brought Max Kellerman, who's like, they sell Max, like, say some ridiculous stuff, and Max's like, okay. <laughs> but, like, they've lost nothing with Skip Bayless. He's on Fox Sports, and him and Sharp are just weird. Like, they just say, they just do weird takes all the time, and they just talk about LeBron James every episode for, like, a half an hour. And then Whitlock and Colin Coward are pretty much the exact same people with different skin color. And then they got Chris Broussard, who's like, he had like, he was like an insider for the NBA at ESPN. ESPN's like, no, we want Woj, so get out of here. And they got rid of Mark Stein too, but I like Mark Stein. And in return, Chris Broussard's like on Fox Sports 1 with just a podcast. Like he just comes in sometimes, does some like TV, but he doesn't even have his own show. Does he even have him? Does he have his own show? I don't get Spark Fox Sports one in America, but I know he's a podcast. I don't know. I don't watch any of that cable garbage, so I can't right. tell you. So like Fox is pretty much just 
trying to like get ESPN's leftovers and make them the the Fox News of sports, <laughs> which is like the funniest thing ever. So yeah, I don't take Colin or any of those guys seriously. I just find them funny. Like sometimes they come on my Facebook feed. I'm like, okay, like Kawhi's not valuable. <laughs> it's like okay, he's great, but he's not valuable. He doesn't yeah, know how to pass. <laughs> That, okay, one's, that one's a little bit too hot of a take for me. <laughs> I'm like, just go back to insulting John Wall for not having a mother or something. You know, like, just <laughs> dubbing a dick. <laughs> That's why, like, some, like, Skip Bayless made a career off of making fun of LeBron James. Like, Colin made a career off just picking on a couple of guys. That's all they do, right? So, I'm going to end that. Uh, don't ever watch Fox Sports 1. <laughs> that's so that's like the perfect takeaway you can have <laughs> in, in life in general. Don't watch if you don't watch sports twenty four hour sports network. <laughs> but if you do, don't watch the second or third best network. Okay, just just save yourself some 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 time. All right, all right. We're gonna end that segment. <laughs>